Combating Climate Change, the Liberal Way Mette Carlin McVie and Matthias Goldman Climate change is too important to be left to others. Liberalism is an ideology that historically follows the Enlightenment and which emphasizes the value of science and evidence-based knowledge over dogma and belief. Liberalism promotes individual free choice and gives individuals liberty and rights. Liberalism advocates for democracy and open societies with market economies, where free players control what is produced and how resources are used, while the state protects the individual's ability to choose. But liberal values only safeguard the freedom of individuals and companies in free markets as long as their actions do not harm anyone else or incur costs that affect individuals who have not given their consent. When it comes to shared resources, like the environment, individual free choice can cause problems of just that kind. The activities of the individual take a toll on others. The climate issue illustrates such a market failure. The state is needed to establish the legal system and deal with market failure. When the state intervenes, according to liberal values, it should do so while maintaining the greatest possible levels of freedom and responsibility for the actors involved. Contrary to what many people may believe, what limited success we have had thus far in combating climate change has been due to liberal and market-based solutions. We will argue that the fight against climate change is a liberal cornerstone, not to be left to other political ideologies. A few examples of why liberalism and tackling climate change go hand in hand demonstrate this well. 1. The United Nations Paris Agreement on Climate Change is based on the liberal approach of every country delivering its contribution towards meeting the joint targets in the way it sees fit, with shared but differentiated responsibilities. This approach has been the key to the agreement's successful implementation and it contrasts starkly with the previous and failed Copenhagen Accord, which was largely a one-size-fits-all approach. 2. Important emissions reductions have been achieved largely through market-based solutions, such as the EU Emissions Trading Scheme, ETS, and other cap-and-trade mechanisms, either for countries or regions or for sectors like the automotive industry. 3. Voluntary agreements between large industries and other enterprises are paving the way for further emissions reductions and increased ambitions in future climate negotiations. These include the Global Compact, launched by the UN in the 1990s, the RE100 initiative, with large corporations pledging to reach 100% renewable energy, and the We Mean Business and other coalitions of businesses pledging emissions reductions well beyond what is mandated or legislated for. 4. In several surveys where business leaders rank the main reasons for their increased ambitions and improved targets on climate, the most often cited was the need to attract and keep key employees rather than national legislation or international charters. 5. When psychologists and behaviourists study the most efficient and effective driver in terms of changing human behaviour towards what is most climate-friendly, they find market-like approaches with quick and timely rewards to be particularly successful.
With the above examples in mind, in addition to many people's fear that we face an imminent threat and that there is a need to reduce emissions much more rapidly, it becomes clear that climate change solutions must be based on liberal solutions. Notwithstanding that, it is also clear that the approach currently dominating the media landscape to ban, shame, stop and forsake in order to save the world remains at best only a partial solution. Whether liberals should use bans in this area is discussed at the end of this chapter. It is therefore difficult to say why liberal politicians across Europe and the globe have sometimes exhibited a lukewarm approach to the issue of climate change. In fact, although there are positive role models, liberals are rarely known or famous for being at the forefront of the climate discussion, nor are they overwhelmingly seen as climate champions. Indeed, sometimes, Liberals around the world are even seen as downplaying the importance of the issue and delaying policy proposals from others, rather than endorsing them or developing more far-reaching proposals themselves. This must stop. European liberals can, must and will do much better than this. Liberals will rise, unite and point not to the emergency exit, but to solutions that are attractive and achievable for all. In its own way, this chapter aims to further the understanding of why and how a liberal climate policy is not only logical, but also a necessity for liberal politicians and efficient climate policy work. In order to do so, we must reassess a few liberal principles. First, we discuss how protection of the common good is a tenet of liberalism. Second, we outline the benefits of using the market economy in favour of ambitious climate change policies and creating market-like solutions to tackle climate change. Lastly, we discuss complementary solutions to these market economy solutions.